Florida State is adjusting how it uses the transfer portal, and that's going to help them down the road. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another edition of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. We are part of the Locked on Network where you can find your podcast anywhere you get them and on YouTube. Thank you very much once again, and I truly do appreciate it. And today's show, we are going to talk about the transfer portal and quite frankly, why Florida State is starting to figure it out a little bit better than they had before, even though they started to build the roster that way. They needed to make a detour and they've done it. And it's for a good reason, not just the bowl game, but this is a trend in college football. You need to have players bought into your program, not just for a season, but long term. So without further ado, today we're going to talk about the key additions Florida State has added, DJ Uyungle or a little, et cetera. But we're also going to talk about the bigger, broader picture. And then finally, what's going on around college football. This show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make sure you check out FanDuel. It is a great app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So here's the deal. Point blank. If you're going to win, you've got to use the portal. That's not in debate, but you have to hit a very high number of players that are elite and minimize. Not one or the other, both. Again, elite players, a handful of them, do not tick off your roster. Keep them intact. Recruit at a high level out of the high school levels. And then you add the key guy. So, Four State's got DJ Uyungle, quarterback out of Oregon State, previously at Clemson. They've also just added Earl Whittle yesterday. They've also added a certain young man that we'll talk about a lot, Marvin Jones Jr. I'm sure over the next couple of, couple of years, he transferred in from Georgia. Those are the kinds of players that are going to help your program. They have experience, they have talent, et cetera. But they're also the baseline for what Florida State needs to do. So I'm just going to get into something that I brought up before, and I think it's something we'll talk about for years to come. After the Florida State-Georgia game, Kirby Smart talked about why the situation is what it is at Florida State, kind of in general. He used, you know, obviously they played Florida State. And he just he said, look, the NCAA has kind of screwed this up. They've made it too easy to transfer, and that's the understatement of the year. And, of course, there's people in politics getting involved saying that you can transfer more than once. That's in litigation. It's, it's a mess. But that also sets it up so that your current players that came to whatever institution, in this case, Florida State, they're not always so happy about it. And there's some digs. There's, there's people coming and going too much. It's, it's basically, you know, play for hire in some cases. Some of the kids at Florida State may not have been bought in. We'll never know the full story. That's just part of it. And that's the intrigue of college athletics. But Florida State needs more players that want to be there out of the high school ranks that they develop up. That's something that Kirby has done, and he's been very selective about who he takes out of the portal, and not as many guys have just bolted. Florida State had more opt-outs than Georgia, although Georgia had some, but the kids that did play in the game, let's be honest, they wanted to be there. They really wanted to be there. And while they had more talent, even if they didn't, I think that buy-in is something that Kirby was talking about, and he's putting his finger at the NCAA. Now, 
as far as Florida State, I understand why they used the portal as much as they did. When Norvell got to Tallahassee, he needed to he needed an overhaul. The roster was anywhere near what George's is, obviously, and he's built it. Going thirteen and zero is going to take part of that. And part of those kids are high school players, but a ton of the key guys were transfer portal additions. Some of them were not as bought in. If they weren't starting, if they weren't a key guy, whatever, it, it's not good. Here's the other part of that, and it's what I opened with. Again, Marvin Jones, Uyungle, Earl Little. These were elite players coming out of high school. Everybody wanted them. Like Earl Little is the most recent addition. If you don't know about him, he's a corner, came out of South Florida, big-time player. He ended up going to Bama. Now he's over at Fort State. That's the kind of guy that you, you have to take. If somebody leaves because you signed him, too bad. There, there's always going to be the risk of something going wrong. There's no avoiding that. And I'm not saying it otherwise. But again, most important thing in, in, in this whole thing, Florida State must, even more than I originally thought, up the number of kids are getting out of high school that are elite. There's no second guessing that and getting fewer the portal guys because too many of them are just looking to get NIL or just get a quick fix to get to the NFL. And if you don't make the playoff, they're not going to play. I mean, the rosters, this isn't a Florida State problem, by the way. The rosters for these bowl games are garbage because so many kids just bolt. Now, if you're going to the NFL, I get it. If you're a top, you know, first round pick or whatever, that that I I don't have any problem. Jared Verse or something. Okay. I, I don't have any problem with that. But there are kids that borderline NFL players at all that are in some cases at schools not playing in the bowl games. That's no good. The NCAA has screwed up so much, it's not even something I can put it into context. And I'm hoping that they finally figure out a way to, to be conscious enough to do it. But I don't think they, they care. They're just afraid of getting sued. That's the only thing they worry about is litigation and making money. Uh, they're a conduit to, to the worst organization probably in, in, in athletics right now, other than maybe the Olympic Committee. So what can Florida State do? Again, recruit the high school kids. So the other thing that's, that's really fun for me to look at here, well, who else went through this? Georgia and Alabama recruit mostly high school kids because they can get away with it. They've, ha- they've had solid rosters for a very long time. You know, Alabama for about 15 years. They've had elite talent. Who else can really do that? There's only about five to six. So how, how quickly could Florida State get to that point? In my opinion, based on the 2024 recruiting class, that's one. That class is really good. You get two more of those, you can really mitigate how much you use the portal. Unfortunately, I don't see a shortcut beyond using it more than what Norvell probably would like moving forward because there's just so much attrition. And again, this is not a Florida State problem. This is a cross Power 5 football, well, now Power 4, and it's not going away. Kids are only concerned about getting to the NFL in too many circumstances, so they have to mitigate that any way they can. But the only thing you could do is vet them so much when they're coming out of the portal. And you're going to take more risk on a kid like Earl Little, who was a five-star recruit, justifiably so. Can they do anything about that? I, I don't know. But I, I think that you're going to see Florida State be much pickier. And if you look, I mean, I've got a few names here. So, I mean, they've got several guys that have left, like Malcolm Ray has left. Uh, C.J. Campbell is going to FAU, just wants to play. I get it. Rodney Hill is going to – he's going right down the road, Florida a and I mean, that's, that's fine, but – DJ Wundy's going to Colorado. That was kind of surprising to me. But a lot of guys are just picking other schools for whatever reason. And it is what it is. Like Gilbert Edmond hasn't even picked a school yet. 
but he's left Florida State. So if you're just adding a few really good players, that's fine. And I think they're on the right path with that. I'd still like to see Florida State get at least one really good offensive lineman. It's a short year or short list for top linemen. That's hard. And I'd also really like to see them get at least one more elite defensive player getting the two they've got already. I'm not, I mean, that's as good as it's going to get for any school so far. But getting one more, especially if they could get a linebacker, would be huge. And to that point, we're going to talk quite a bit about the players themselves and some of the things they need in just a second. First off, make sure that you are checking out FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, this app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways you can bet. You can go ahead and go with same-day parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and there's many other ways you can do it. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. This second part, I just want to talk about the three guys, in my opinion. That are the keys so far from the portal that they're adding. Straightforward. Number one, we're going to start a quarterback. Most important position on the field. I've talked a lot about him in live streams, some other things they've had. And since DJ committed to Florida State, I, I just want to expand upon it. This, this is what I've seen and this is what I want to see. It's two separate parts. Number one, he is not accurate enough consistently, in my opinion. This is nobody else, just Brian Smith. He's been up and down at times when he's hot, he's really hot, but he only completed 57% of his passes this past season at Oregon state. And Jonathan Smith was the coach there. If you don't know anything about him, that's fine. He's a quarterback that played at Oregon state back in the day around 2000, really, really highly respected quarterback coach. I need to see DJ complete a higher percentage. Part of that might've been some of the players they had. I don't know. But 57% in today's era is way too low. He needs to be 62, 64, somewhere in there or better. He's got a cannon. That's not disputed. He can run a little bit. He's a power guy, but he's best in the pocket, making decisions and throwing the football. What I want to see in Florida State's offense is different than what Jonathan Smith runs. Norvell and his scheme is, is quite different. They're going to be a little more mobile. The question is, how does he feel comfortable on the run throwing the football? I'm hoping, and this is just a guess, that he's going to be cool with the idea of more play action and bootleg off the run in shotgun formation. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it because they got to figure it out in spring ball. That's what that's for. I want to see him on the edges making a throw. And if it's not there, that's okay. It's better to throw it away or take the three yard gain and slide. Be consistent. Do not force the football. He can throw the bombs. He has all the capabilities to eventually be, a 65% passer, pretty quick. He's going to be a fifth-year senior this year. But it's about the little things and finding his comfort zone. I'm really hoping it's on the perimeter because that would just fit what Norvell would like to do under Jordan Travis and some of the other guys he's coached prior. But we don't know yet. And I, I'm really hoping that DJ finds because everything I've heard about him, he's a good guy. And he'll fit in well at Florida State University. Next, let's talk a little bit about Earl Little. Coming out of high school, he was a kid that could have picked any school in the country. So it goes to Alabama, not, not real shocking. Is that American Heritage? Obviously, that's a program at Florida State and everybody else is going to recruit for now and forever. It's as good a DB school in the last 10 years as there's been. Certain guy that's now in Florida State staff might have a little bit to do with that. 
And to say the least, that was probably a connection. Here's the deal. Florida State was probably going to be pretty decent at corner in the secondary anyway. I've done a show on this recently. Adding him changes the roster next year. If, and I have no idea what his health is, et cetera, but if Earl is ready to roll next fall and he's been and he's healthy from this point forward, it's the whole shebang for conditioning, learning the playbook, getting acclimated with the other guys in spring ball. Florida State, if, if Intro Cyphers comes back, everything for those two. I mean, that's about as good as it's going to get. Then you have all those young guys that I've talked so much about. Why can't, you know, someone like Hussey or whatever, you know, guys like that rotating in or competing for starting jobs, Thomas, they should be in tremendous shape in the secondary. You can dictate with that talent to your opponent. Completely different deal when you have that kind of talent in the secondary because you can play man, zone, or a combination thereof and, and bring fire, which is pressure, whenever you like. There's nothing like being able to say, line them up, boys. They can't take us. And you suck in your safeties and you suffocate the opposing team's running offense. That's why corners are so important. That will never, ever change. You do things differently with these guys. Now, again, I don't know what his situation is. I don't know why he left Bama. I don't know if he didn't get along with Saban. I have no clue. All I know is it's a fresh start in Tallahassee. He has a relationship with some of the coaches at Florida State. This should, and I keyword here, should be about as seamless as it's going to get. It's his home state. You know, it's people on the staff, and there's an opportunity to play. That's about as good as anyone could ask for, Earl Little Jr. included. So with that, I'm really looking forward to see where he kind of falls on the depth chart and how they use him. They're going to use him some nickel. They're going to play him field, combination. It's a gazillion different possibilities because he is long, athletic, and can flat out run. He is an NFL prospect, no question about it. Finally, I haven't talked a lot about Marvin Jones Jr. He comes from Georgia after being another kid in South Florida. He was another American Heritage guy. This is unique because Florida State, let's be honest, they haven't recruited defensive end out of high school like Florida State should. It doesn't have to be like Peter Bowler every year. I get it. But Florida State overall hasn't. They just haven't. Can he come in and make an immediate impact? I think it's possible. Odell Hagens and that staff, they're going to find different ways to use it. Here's my question, and this is just open and ended as a, as a football fan in, in general, not forget the fact that I run the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Does he play strong side, weak side? If they go three-man, does he stand up? What role fits him best? I've seen him play in high school, but that's one thing. That's a couple of years ago. Uh, he's been through a lot of weight training. He's had coaching and he's an older and more mature human being. I'm curious to see what he takes on this spring, what we hear, and then, of course, ultimately what happens beginning of next season. There, You can't really teach what Marvin has in terms of the length and his physical traits in general. The get-off and all that, he's 250, give or take. I think he could be a starter, and at the worst case, he's going to be the first guy off the bench. But I would, if he doesn't start, I'd be somewhat surprised. Highly, highly skilled young man. I don't know why, just like with Earl Little, it didn't work out at Georgia, but they got a lot of guys. That's a very complex scheme they run there because they run a 3-4. It's harder to learn. I'm curious which, which way that Florida State, again, will use him. Is they gonna, are they going to use him at all standing up? Is he going to drop at all? Or is he just going to say sick him and play just weak side or strong side or maybe at least a little of both? That That's a really interesting perspective for me. 
And I, I think these three guys, again, DJ, Earl, Marvin, this is what Florida State needs. Five to eight guys a year and occasionally maybe nine or ten out of the portal. But this year they, they're not going to be able to get to the goal I have, even with these three, because they have they still have holes on the offensive line. I think they need to bring in more guys because they underachieved. And I think it would be best if some of the guys moved on. I thought some of them will. I've heard some may come back. That's my opinion. But I think that they need some new blood. Uh, Mo up front would be great, et cetera. But I think they need some new blood there. And they could definitely use a receiver or something, too. So we'll see how many they get to. On the other side here, we're going to talk about that and how to build through the transfer portal because, quite frankly, it is changing. All right, game time. Make sure you check out the Game Time app. This is one of the easiest ways to find tickets. If you need something for a football event, a concert, symphony, anything of that nature, Game Time is something that you can use. For me personally, the reason I like the Game Time app is very simple. When you click on something, like you type in Florida State, you type in concert, whatever it is, you know, it's a certain band, whatever you want to see, you can click on the seat, see the view at the venue. I like to see things. I trust things when I visually have the opportunity to see it. It's just me. The other thing with this, it's really quick. It's just a search bar. You type in what you're looking for and you're done. So the Game Time app is, is a great way to go. Uh, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Finally, this is kind of something I was talking about a little bit in the early part of the show, just building through the portal. Once we get through another year or so, and I, I just mentioned this, you have to get to a point where it's only the kids like DJ, only the kids like Earl, only the kids like Marvin. And then maybe you take a, a special teams guy or a glue guy or something, and maybe that's from Tallahassee and he's coming back home after he went to a Big Ten school or whatever. That's fine. Predominantly, you need to take elite kids, and here's the reason why. This is what I've heard overall. This is not, before anybody comments, this is not a Florida State situation. This is across college football. There are a lot of kids ticked off when schools go out in the portal and get players, and, they, and here's the key. It's not just getting players, and they use NIL. Fair or not, it's not about what their true value is. It's what they think their true value is. So in other words, it's like bartering for something. If you're selling a used car, you think it's worth five grand. The person trying to buy it thinks it's worth twenty five hundred. There's a long way to go between you two. And that's what's going on. A lot of guys are leaving programs, Florida State and otherwise, because of NIL. I have heard some numbers that are just staggering what they think they're worth. This again, not Florida State, across college football and what they're possibly going to get, like hundreds of thousands of dollars off. Sometimes for a year. Well, we're not even in the stratosphere. And I think part of it is just stupidity with the people they bring around them. But the other part is this. They don't like it when they have somebody else that hasn't played it down for that school, Florida State or otherwise, that is getting money and they find out about it. And they haven't played it down yet and they haven't gotten that money and they've already been through spring practices. They may have even started for Florida State or Texas or whatever. Again, the school name is really not relevant. This is the new problem in college football. Is it fixable? I've been bringing up 
minimizing the transfer portal and one of it's just so you have more congruent you build through and people are playing for Florida State a little bit more that's that's important here's the backdrop of it this is the ugly part and I don't know if there's a complete fix especially for Florida State short term by the way because again the roster is not anywhere near where it needs to be after losing several players this year so they're going to use the portal some but they also have to be very careful because even if you gain a great football player Marvin Jones or whoever if it causes two or three other guys to leave, how much did you gain? So the question becomes, how do you judge that? If you're Mike Norvell, how do you know how kids are going to feel? My guess is you don't. You, you are literally guessing. That's awkward. I wish I had a better answer for that. But in everybody that I've communicated with, it's kind of a hands up. I haven't spoken to one person that's in my industry and in recruiting that knows the answer to this. And I've talked to some pretty astute people. Haven't spoken to any college coaches yet, and I'll wait to do that in the May evaluation period after all this kind of goes through. And we go through another portal cycle. And just so you know, April 15th through the end of the month of April is the second portal window. It's only a couple of weeks, but after that, we go into May, you run into coaches on the road in Florida, Alabama, wherever you're at. You'll see some conversations take place, myself included. Okay, man. What are you guys going to do? You obviously had a need at this spot. You took a kid, but then two guys left. What's the thought process? Need to, need to have not one, but both of the portal windows pass to get a better idea of this, in my opinion. But that is the new conundrum. You're not going to find a way to win big in college football if you can't manage your roster. And part of that is bringing in kids, but you can't run them off too. Uh, sometimes, guys, you really have plans for it. it it's I don't know what it is, but like if they don't start by their sophomore year, they're leaving. It, it's it's ridiculous, in my opinion, that the opinions are just outlandish. Part of it's NIL. Part of it's, you know, they were just looking for a quick way to get to, to the NFL. And they thought they were going to start early at a school, Colorado, Texas A&M, whatever. But I, I am really curious to see what college coaches tell me. That's the final piece of the puzzle for me. And again, I'm going to wait till May to kind of really dig into that after the next portal session. But. Florida State is somewhere in between right now on that. They need a few more kids from the portal this year and probably after this next season too. But by the time the 26th season comes, Florida State needs to be taking very, 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 very few players out of the transfer portal. Uh, I'm not saying 63-3 to is going to happen again, but you're going to lose bowl games. Anytime you don't go to the playoff, if you have kids that are just looking to advance themselves and are not really interested in Florida State. So my opinion of the portal has changed dramatically and it's for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. So anyway, I'm going to have a live stream uh, middle of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll uh, put up something about that soon. Uh, I want to hear what fans think and how much it's basically going to be about this. How much do you believe Florida State can take in a year on average and say two or three years? We, we're not where we want to be kind of deal in terms of recruiting at a high school just yet. It takes three classes at least. They've got one. That's top notch. You need two more of those. There's no shortcut there. But once they get to that point, what do you think Florida State needs year to year from the portal? Is it five guys? Seven? I'm curious about that. And I want to kind of have that as the broad-based topic. And then we can splinter off from there if there's other topics you want to discuss. So for that, thank you once again for coming on and checking out Locked On Seminoles. Uh, please hit that like button. Hit that subscription. Share this podcast and comment. I really appreciate it. Everybody have a safe and blessed day.